As we have just sung, we certainly serve a great God who has done many great and wonderful things, not the least of which is to send His one and only Son here into this world to help us to understand who He is and who He wants us to be and to lay down His life so willingly, so freely, so joyfully for each one of us and to suffer the crucifixion upon the cross. But we are also thankful that we serve a great God that death could not hold our Lord and Savior, that He arose from the grave, and He has gained the victory over death and the devil, and He has invited all of us who are His followers to come and to share even now as we live in this life where we deal with problems and heartaches and pains and suffering, that even now we can have that victorious life in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I hope your thoughts this morning have been upon our great God. And they will continue to be upon him as we look further into his word today. We're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes in the passage that our brother Don read for us uh, at the beginning of our assembly over at the end of the 11th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes into Ecclesiastes 12. And so if you have your text with you this morning, I would invite you to open to that particular passage As the wisdom writer here, Solomon winds down the book of Ecclesiastes, he does so in the section that we are going to look at this morning by addressing young people, admonishing them, but also encouraging them to rejoice in this time in their life, to rejoice in being a young person, to remove sin and sadness and sorrow from their lives and to remember their creator, especially now in the days of their youth. However, I think all of these instructions that we will consider this morning that the wise man wrote so long ago to a younger audience, they are valuable for all of us because they are tied to the wise man's conclusion in this great book of what life is all about. It doesn't matter where we are on the spectrum of life, whether we are young, middle-aged, or older, he is concluding by telling us that we all need to be preparing for judgment by fearing God and keeping His commandments. And so this morning, what I want us to do is to dig into the last section of chapter 11 into chapter 12 here in this book and to see what we can learn about fearing God all the days of our lives. As we begin this morning, I want us to think about what the writer says specifically to his target audience, which is the younger crowd, to fear God in the days of youth. And so let's read these verses again, beginning at verse 7 here in chapter 11 down through chapter 12 at verse 1. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 7, the writer says, The light is pleasant and it is good for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all. And let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything that is to come will be futility. Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood, and follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes, yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. So remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain from your body, because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come, And the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Solomon, as I said just a moment ago, is giving both sides, I think, of a conversation 
to the younger crowd. He is giving both an encouragement, but also, also an admonition to youth. The encouragement obviously is this in the few verses that we have read, as we've already said, those of you who are young in this season of your life, you need to enjoy this season of your life. You don't need to wish it away. You don't need to wish that you were older. You don't need to wish that you could be an adult if you're a child and just wish those times in your life away. You need to enjoy being young. You need to live life to its fullest. God wants you to enjoy this particular season of life. But the admonition, on the other hand, is this. As you live in this joyful time of life, you need to do all that you can to remember your Creator now. You need to remove all of these spiritual barriers and detours and hindrances that Satan would put in your life now to try to distract you and to discourage you and to take your focus off of your good and great Creator. And you need to do that now rather than when you're older because it will be a lot easier if you start on that journey now than if you wait till later. Both his encouragement and his admonition for youth, I believe, is connected to this great reminder that probably even the young ones here this morning know. Chapter 12 and verse 1, to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. It is connected to this reminder that God is watching even those who are young, even as you are in this stage of life. And God will judge those who are young for how they spend the days of their youth. I think one of the greatest lies that the devil tells and has told for a long time is that those who are in this season of youth in your life, that you can kind of sow your wild oats, that you can live however you want to live. You, you know in the back of your mind that God exists. You, you know that he has created you. You know that he has blessed you with all kinds of blessings, even at this point in your life. You know that he has given his will to you, that he has revealed himself to you through his word, through his son. And you know that there is a standard, that there is a way in which God wants you to live your life even now. But the devil will come to those of us who are young, those who are living in the days of youth, and they will, he will say to you, you can sow your wild oats, you can live life how you want to live, and you can take care of all of that later, all of that business with God later. And you can kind of eat your cake, have your cake and eat it too. You can have a good life now, but you can also have a good life later as far as the world would define those terms. But here is the wise man speaking God's wisdom to those who are youth and reminding them, yes, you need to enjoy this time in your life, but also remember that God is watching you and God will hold you to account for how you spend the days of your youth. As I've said to you before, at least on a couple of occasions, I want to remind the younger crowd here again this morning that the days of your youth have so many advantages. You probably don't realize that now. You probably don't appreciate that now. But if you live for very long, you will look back on that stage of your life and you will see that you had so many advantages, so many blessings, so many opportunities that God is giving to you now at this point in your life. And you may not have all of those things later on in life. You have, generally speaking as a young person, great strength, great physical strength, great mental strength. You have stamina. You, you have great energy and it's so, uh, it, it is so invigorating maybe to those of us who are a little bit older to see those who are younger who just have this energy. Uh, they, they never stop <laughs> uh, from the moment they get up in the morning to the moment that they go to bed at night. They're just running 100 miles an hour. 
And that is great to see. You have enthusiasm. You have hopefully a good mind that God has given to you. You have the ability to take information, to absorb that information, to recall information quickly. You just have so many advantages and blessings and opportunities. You have friends that God has given you, relationships in your life that you may not have later in life. And so Solomon is saying this is a great time to live in the days of your youth. But you need to know that you're not going to be young forever. Whether you remember God now or not, before long, as the wise man talks to us here at the end of this chapter into the first verse of chapter 12, childhood and the prime of life will be gone. And the evil days, the days of darkness will come. If you live long enough, you will experience those days And when they come, you most likely won't be in the mindset at that point in your life to serve your creator then if you have not gotten into the habit, if you have not built that into your life, if you have not made God the foundation of your life in the days of your youth, you're probably not going to be of the mindset when you get older to remember your creator then. But even if you are of that mindset later on in life, the days of old age may prevent you from doing so. And so the encouragement and the admonition to those who are in this stage of life is to fear God now, to love Him now, to please Him with the choices that you make in your life, to serve Him. Just because you're a young person doesn't mean that you can't serve. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can most definitely serve in God's kingdom. You can be a valuable asset to God's people. We talked a little bit about this in Philip's class. It's kind of amazing how much of our conversations in that class come into my sermons. I didn't plan it that way. But we were talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 about uh, the great picture that Paul paints for us there of the one body of Christ and all of us are members of that body. And all of us have different roles and functions and gifts that God has given to us. We're all unique in the kingdom of God. But all of that is the way God intended for it to be. He wants us to use all of those resources and gifts and pull pool all of those together so that we can do the work that God wants us to do so that the body itself as one body in Christ can be built up and so that God ultimately can be glorified. But sometimes we have the tendency to kind of single out some gifts and some abilities that God has given to those of us in the kingdom, in his church and kind of prioritize those and not pay attention to other ones. And sometimes we can be guilty of that, those of us who are a little bit older with those who are younger that are Christians. And we can praise and notice those brothers and sisters who are older who we think are doing great things for God and we can forget about those who may be young in the faith and young in age. And not to embarrass this young man, but did you notice our new young brother (laughs) this morning serving the Lord's Supper? His excitement, his enthusiasm, he wants to do that. And I think those of us who are older can certainly learn a lesson from him. And so the lesson again is this, fear God now. Use all of the gifts, all of the blessings, all of the opportunities that God has given and submit yourself to doing his will now at this point in your life. Secondly, I believe the writer talks here and continues to think about this great underlying thought or principle here of fearing God, but to fear God in the days of old age. And so we continue our reading here, beginning at verse 2 and reading down through the middle part of verse 5. The wise man goes on to say, Before the sun and the light, 
The moon and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few and those who look through windows grow dim. And the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low. And one will arise at the sound of the bird and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and the caperberry is ineffective. Here, here is a stark contrast that the wise wisdom writer is giving to us. It is a stark contrast to what we just talked about, the days of youth. Now Solomon, the wise man, is painting a stunning, stark picture for us of the evil days or the days of darkness, the days of old age, and especially what these days can be like if someone doesn't do what we just talked about. If someone doesn't take the admonition and encouragement of the wise man and they don't remember God, they don't remember their creator in the days of their youth, these are the things, these are the difficulties, the challenges, especially that someone who has forsaken God in the days of their youth may face. These are the days when the mind and the body doesn't work, perhaps, as well as it once did that our minds and our bodies begin to decline in all of us, young and old. And I think maybe the wise man really is, again, as he's addressing these instructions here at the end of chapter 11, into chapter 12, especially to those who are young, sometimes we look at this picture and we think, well, that's for old folks to look at a picture of their life at this season, this stage of their life. But I think he is encouraging, especially those who are young, to realize this is where life is most likely headed. And so let's think about Solomon's picture of old age. I, I would tell you at the very outset of this whole description that I don't know <laughs> the exact meaning of some of these descriptions, but here are at least a few possible meanings. As he says to us back in verse 2, that you need to remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened. Perhaps Solomon is saying, and even before the clouds return, perhaps he is saying that in some ways old age can be like a storm that darkens our lives. Or perhaps he is thinking even possibly to the judgment that we will all stand before God and he will judge us. We will give an account of the life that we have lived. We will get a, give an account of the deeds that we have done in our body, whether they're good or bad. And perhaps he is thinking toward that time that possibly final judgment is drawing near. And so because that is true for all of us, uh, we need to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. Secondly, in this picture that he gives us here in this passage, he says that the watchman of the house will tremble there at verse 3. He could be talking here as we age that perhaps our major muscle groups are beginning to be weaker than they once were that our hands are trembling. I'm sure we have all seen people in this stage of life whose hands begin to tremble. Maybe some of you are in that stage of life and maybe you can relate to what the wise man is saying here. But what used to sustain us and what used to be very strong in the days of, of youth may not be as strong as we get older. He goes on to say here at verse three that the mighty men stoop 
There's a couple of possibilities about what Solomon may be thinking about here. Again, he may be talking about our major muscle groups, maybe especially our legs becoming frail and weak and not as strong as they once were. He may even be thinking as you think about mighty men stooping that those who used to walk very straight began to stoop physically, that osteoporosis sets in and we've all seen that or maybe some of you have experienced that. Fourthly, he says that in the days of old age, the grinding ones stand idle for they are few. He may be talking about our teeth and some or all, especially in days gone by and former times when they didn't have the kind of dental care that we have today, all of our teeth falling out. Number five, he says, in the days of old age, those who look through windows grow dim I believe that's a reference to our eyesight that as we get older, generally speaking, our eyesight weakens and it fails. One writer even suggested that maybe in the days of old age, as in contrast to the days of youth, that sometimes our eyes have kind of lost that sparkle. You know, you can look at a little child and you can just kind of see a sparkle in their eyes many times. You can just kind of see that they're grinning from ear to ear and you can see that sparkle in their eyes that they just have all of their lives to look forward to. And there is a wonder and excitement about this particular time in the days of their youth. But as we get older, sometimes we lose that. Number six, he says in the days of old age that the doors on the street are shut as a sound of the grinding mill is low. He may be talking about our hearing and that sense of hearing weakening or failing us in this time in our life. Maybe even our speech is not what it once was, that maybe we used to be a very strong speaker, but as we get to the days of old age, our speech becomes weaker and even sometimes unintelligible. He also says about the days of old age that one will arise at the sound of a bird. That's the idea, I think, here of one being easily awakened from sleep. Maybe even the idea that someone can't go to sleep. Or you get up too early and you really don't have anything to do. You don't have anywhere to go. You don't have a schedule that you have to keep. All the daughters of song, he goes on to say here, will sing softly. Again, that may be referencing our hearing, that it kind of wanes or it fails us. That maybe we had a great voice when we were younger. To use that voice to praise God, to honor Him, to encourage each other as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But... We can't sing very well anymore. Number nine, he says about the days of old age that men are afraid of a high place and terrors on the road. This is the idea that sometimes as we get older that the things that didn't bother us that we didn't even think about when we were young really began to bother us, that we have new fears, maybe fears of heights or fears of falling, breaking bones or doing damage to our body. Maybe it is the fear of getting out and going to new places, experiencing new things. And you know, when we are young, oftentimes we feel kind of invincible, don't we? We, I don't know why we feel that way, because we ought to realize that it's God who is in control, that we are always dependent upon Him. But when we're young, we often feel like we can take on the world, and we're so adventurous, and we want to experience and do all these things. But then as we get older, maybe we don't look at life the same as we did when we were younger. Number 10, he says, the almond tree blossoms. That's a reference, I think, to our hair changing color and our hair turning white. The grasshopper, he says, drags himself along again. Physical weakness, as we talked about, of all different kinds, begins to set in. Maybe it is harder for us to walk. Maybe it becomes a great burden for us to move. 
When we were a little child, when we were a kid, a teenager, we could jump up out of a seat <laughs> and we could be gone before you know it. But oftentimes that's not the case in old age. And then finally he says, the caperberry or the New King James Version from which our brother Nam was reading earlier, the desire is gone. The caperberry is ineffective. I think he's addressing here youthful desires begin to wane. It could be the desire for food. It could be the desire to work. It could be the desire to have sexual relations with our spouse. But those desires begin to fail. And you look at this picture and you think, especially if you're a young person, boy, that sure is depressing. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to live to the days of old age. Maybe I just want my life here on earth to end in the days of youth. I don't know that Solomon is so much giving us this picture for it to be depressing to us, but to give us a reality check that if we live long enough here on this earth, this is most likely where our life is headed in some way to some degree. And yes, you may be, as we've talked about this picture, thinking, well, that might have been true back during the days when the wise man wrote these words about old age, but now we have come so far. You know, we made so many modern advances in healthcare and technology, and some of those advances, I will agree, they have maybe slowed down the aging process. Maybe they have made old age a little bit more enjoyable than previous generations. But here is the point that the days of old age still come. And often those days, that season in our life, bring a lot of challenges and a lot of problems that we did not experience when we were younger. And those days especially can make it more difficult for us to serve God, at least in the way that we would like. And yet those who are living in those days must also continue to fear God, just like those who are younger, living in the days of youth. I remember an older sister in Christ. I think she was about 93 or 94 in the church that we worked with in Elizabethtown, Kentucky for a number of years that passed away about four years ago this month, if I remember correctly. And she said to me, I had a number of conversations with her, visited with her on many occasions, talked to her on the phone. She didn't text. (laughs) She didn't do all the technology stuff that we do today. But she was always just a delight to talk to, full of wisdom, and it showed in her family. But there were times when she said, boy, I I wish that I could just sit down and write someone a card of encouragement. But, But her handwriting, her hands just wouldn't let her do that. Or I wish that I could go visit brother, sister, so and so that is going through a rough time in his or her life. And she, she wishes that she could do all these things. And I'm sure because of the stories that I heard about her that she was very active in the kingdom of God in serving and encouraging and helping people to grow in their knowledge of God's word when she was younger. But she just got to a point where she couldn't do all of those things and she felt so bad about it. There is a point that is coming for all of us if we live long enough where we may not be able to do what we want to do And so there's an encouragement for all of us, wherever we are. For those who are older saints, don't stop now. Don't give up and say, well, I'll just let the younger folks have it. (laughs) I'll let the younger generation do all of God's work here in this church or in the kingdom at large. And I'm kind of retired. I've served my time. But to younger saints, if you live long enough, again, one day you're going to experience these days. And so the wise man would say to you, start fearing God now. Don't put that off. 
Don't wait till a more convenient time. Fear him now. And then finally, we come to in this section, the wise man talking to us about our need to fear God in the days of death. And so let's read here the end of verse 5 down through verse 7. He says, For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel of the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Now the wise man is transitioning, obviously, again from the days of old age to the days of death, probably describing for us here once again the death and the decay or the decay and death of our body, especially there at verse 6 when he talks about the silver cord being broken, the golden bowl being crushed, the pitcher by the well being shattered, the wheel at the cistern being crushed. Not only does one's body just slowly perhaps decay in old age as we have just looked at that picture in the previous section, but at death we know that all systems completely shut down, that they stop working, they are broken, they are crushed, they are shattered. And at least in this earthly life, they're not going to be revived again. Now the good news, the hope of those of us who are Christians is that yes, we are going to be resurrected one day and we're going to have that new body that will be imperishable. And we'll live with God eternally. But when these days that Solomon is describing here at the end of this text come in our lives, he says we are heading toward our eternal home. We are leaving our loved ones behind here upon earth to tend to all of our earthly affairs and to mourn our passing. At death, as he says to us there at verse 7, the last verse of our text this morning, our body returns to the earth, this physical body returns to dust from which it came, and our spirit or our breath returns to God from whom it came. We don't often think about death, at least I don't often think about death. And those who are even younger than I am probably never think about death. You know that intellectually, you know that on some level in your mind because you have seen that happen to other people in your life. Maybe it's been your parents or your grandparents or your aunt or your uncle. Maybe it's been a sibling. Maybe it's been a very close friend, a brother or sister in Christ that has passed on. And you know that's where we are all headed. But you don't think of it very much. But we ought to think of it. We ought to even more than that prepare for it. More than we do, I'm convinced. Because as the wise man tells us here, every person, whether they're a believer in God or Jesus Christ or not, they know that the days of death are coming soon. And every person, unless the Lord returns before you die, every person in this audience, every person in this world is one day going to experience these days that the wise man is describing for us here. And so even and especially when those days come, let us not throw God out of our thinking. Let us not throw God out of our living. Let us be people who are continuing to fear our God and to keep his commandments. The days of youth, the days of old age, and the days of death, these, brothers and sisters, are the days of our lives. 
And whatever season, again, whatever days you are living in right now, I want all of us, hopefully, to take away from this lesson this morning this. I want all of us to resolve that from this day forward, we, you and I, are going to fear God and to the best of our ability, we're going to do His will for the rest of our days so that when the day of death comes, we will all be ready to meet Him. What about you this morning? Are you ready to meet your Creator? Are you remembering Him in your life? And that's more than just knowing that there is a God and He is alive as we sometimes sing, but that's showing it by the choices that you are making and the direction that your life is going. Our God, as we have already thought about so much this morning, our God definitely, truly loves us deeply. And because he loves us so much, as our brother Drew reminded us this morning, he has given us his only son. He has sent him here to be an offering, a sacrifice for our sins. He laid down his life so that we could lay down our lives in service to him. God has opened the fountain. There's a fountain free. Do you need to come and take advantage of what God is offering you through his son, Jesus Christ? If you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become a Christian this very hour. And if you are a Christian, but you're walking in a way that you know that, that, that doesn't show that you're fearing God, get back on the right path. However, we can be of help to you this morning. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, do that now as we stand and as we sing.